everyone! So today we're going to be talking about the two most common Enneagram types, sixes and nines, the differences and similarities between the types, and also the relationship between people of those types. Yeah, so um, as a lot of you may know, we've got a six and a nine in this podcast. Um, Vic is a six and Ty is a nine. So how do you guys feel, you know, about being one of the most common types? I feel great. I love being a six and I feel like a man of the people. I like like (laughs) being common. It's great. Genuinely, I don't need to be. I don't need to be one of the most unique rare types it feels good and i mean as one of our six wing seven friends said not you but you know they're quite similar to you he's not a superhero or anything and i feel like that's quite deep you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are quite similar so yeah yeah i mean didn't he also say um they don't know me to be fair no one knows me but there's nothing to know about me that's the problem (laughs) Yeah, so as you can see, this person seems to perhaps struggle more with being kind of a more common type. But yeah, (laughs) I guess it must vary between different sixes and nines. How about you, Ty? How do you feel about being a nine, being an ordinary man? (laughs) I'm okay with being an everyman. But um, I find it quite funny because in Riso and Hudson, at the beginning of each chapter, that each type, they have names for each of them. So like, for example, one has the moralist, the crusader... Um, three has the paragon eight has the maverick and then um like after the final name given for nine is just nobody special i just think that's Mm. just really great (laughs) i think that's quite iconic to be honest because like it's nobody special which i mean is kind of sad but the fact that like it's the only title that isn't preceded by the and like like a word it kind of makes it more special in a way like by being nobody special they're kind of elevating the nine um it kind of reminds me of um tom condon has um descriptions of all of the types and he calls them the nine styles and um he always includes these really random anecdotes and one of them for nines is that he overhears two women discussing a male acquaintance and then the first says that there's something about that guy that really bothers me. And then the other says, he seems normal enough to me. Um, and then the woman nods intently and says, yeah, that's what it is. And that's quite... <laughs> that's, <quite funny>. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole problem. And I feel like I see this tendency online, especially when people are unsure about their typing. Um, because they're the most common, when people seem to express a lot of doubts or like seem to say a lot of points that resonate with multiple types... The, the standard response I see on forums or on Reddit is that they're probably either a six or a nine. Sometimes that's probably inaccurate. But yeah, I just think it's quite interesting that that's a common theme. I think it's probably partly to do with the fact that um, both sixes and nines can look like a variety of different types. I know we said the nines are nobody special, but another thing about them is that they are the crown of the Enneagram, quoting mm. Riso and Hudson. Just throwing that out there, guys. Um, but yeah, um, and I think as well as that, I think they both are types that can have a lot of um, can see like the view, like many viewpoints because sixes are the doubters, yeah. and so they often will question themselves and have lots of doubts. And nines just naturally are able to find like empathize with most viewpoints, which I think like leads to yeah mm. leads to this yeah. Um, and I think as well as being mistyped as like many other types, they're often mistyped for one another for various reasons as well. But I guess this varies. Like Vic, I know you definitely mistyped as a nine early on. We talk about that, this in your episode. Ty, for example, you're a nine, but I think we're all in agreement that you're kind of probably one of the least likely people on the planet to be typed to mistype as a six. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty planet. accurate on the entire yeah. planet. <laughs> I can I can see both ways how like it's easy for certain sixes or nines to mistype the other, but also on the other hand, like for you, Ty, I think it's because nines are stereotypically the most chill type and sixes are the most you know anxious, unchill type. Yeah, and that's one reason that some people of either type may 
find it extremely hard to to mistype as the other type. But there are other reasons, which I think we'll go on to in a bit, that mean it's also conceivable for it to be a common mistype. So, and Vic, do you want to talk about your experience mistyping as a nine? When I mistyped as a nine, it was at a point in my life where I was behaving in maybe potentially stereotypical nine way in that I was actively trying to like blend into the background and be quite chill and Mm. this kind of sounds really mean when I was like specifically trying not to like have much about me and not have strong opinions about many things so those behaviors probably come more naturally and without much conscious thought to a nine I think that's fair to say but yeah um For me, internally, it was very much still from, like, a place of not wanting to be judged from, like, quite, like, a fearful, anxious place. Yeah, so, obviously, like you just said, Vic, there can be some overlap in behaviour. But, I mean, even if we're... Even if the behaviours aren't similar, if someone's kind of new to the Enneagram and they're just looking at the core fears and motivations and stuff, I can see why it'd be quite easy for a six and nine to mistype as each other because the core fears on paper seem quite similar so for a nine it's a fear of separation whereas for sixes their core fear is kind of a loss of security and support um when we look at those two things like they can be quite hard to distinguish but i think a good way to distinguish between the two is kind of to see how they handle conflict and their internal feelings when it comes to conflict nines are described as the most conflict averse but like we talked about in your episode vic sixes can also be conflict averse but when we're looking yes, at the reasons and the, and the way that this kind of manifests it can become the differences can become quite um obvious i think a big difference between um sixes and nines in terms of their um attitudes towards conflict is that i think sixes are probably going to be more likely to be afraid of the actual conflict itself um and i think it's going to be a more universal um fear of conflict so i think with a nine, I'm, I'm sure some nines are universally afraid of conflict, but I think with nines, because the fear is more to do with separation, if the nine views something as outside of itself, it's much less like it, it, <laughs> but nines are much less likely <laughs> to um, feel afraid of a conflict with something outside of itself. You're already separated. So for example, I think um, we talked about this in my episode, but like I, in school and stuff, I wasn't particularly worried about following the rules because if a teacher were were to get angry at me, it wouldn't really disrupt my internal peace because they weren't, like, part of me. I mean, I I didn't view them as part of my inner circle, so um, (laughs) having a separation from a teacher wasn't a big deal to me because I wasn't attached in the first place. So that's that fair. Whereas I... Yeah. (laughs) You could be... (laughs) Any conflict with anybody would just set you off, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just scared of putting myself out there for the fear of someone else disagreeing with me. Even if it's something quite, you know, benign. And then I'll have to fight my corner and that is never good. Mm. Which is (laughs) why, I don't know if people have noticed, but in our typing episodes, we make Vic go first because we know that perhaps if if either of us go first she'll just say oh yeah i completely agree (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah and another thing we're trying to um, overcome this and one thing that we're going to do soon is opinion training yeah i find it really difficult to say my opinions or even form them in my own head and uh ria and ty are gonna help me form opinions and say them with confidence even if I'm challenged (laughs) yeah so we're gonna which is an issue for me going forward probably yeah we're gonna set up like a curriculum have different topics you know just so this changes I mean I'm all I'm all on board it's not that in for example in the typing episodes just like circling back to that like when other people have different opinions to me and they present a good argument I can't help but be swayed yeah you know (laughs) yeah and I think that also ties into a difference between like the sixes and the nines malleability because I think um nines also have the thing where they're, they're easily swayed but I think it's in like a different realm so like sixes are head types and they're head attachment types so that means that they in terms of thoughts they're very like 
ping-pongy and susceptible to the outside environment. Whereas, like, personally with typing episodes, I don't really have a problem stating my opinion because it's, like, in the thought realm and it doesn't really... Like, I don't think it is particularly affected by what other people think. Whereas, in terms of, like, desires and, like, wants and stuff, that's, I think, for nines, because they're the gut triad, which deals with fears, and they're the attachment type there. There, they have a a lot more malleability. If somebody says they want something, I'll automatically like, want what they want, or, like, just, like, my my desires will just mould to fit, th- fit theirs, and I think that's, like, a similarity, but in mm. a different realm. Yeah. Like, something I've noticed in both of you is that you're both very, and also other sixes and nines, is that you're both very just accommodating people, and obviously, like, <laughs> this sounds good, like, being accommodating is, you know, it's got positive connotations, but sometimes it can be quite problematic, you know? Like... <laughs> And I guess this makes sense because sixes and nines, like we said, are in the sacrificial lamb triad. Yes. So obviously that, that's a key characteristic. <laughs> yeah, so when we talk, this can be, or like when we work together, this can be quite, not annoying. I don't want to say annoying. <laughs> Even <laughs> though we know annoying. that you mean annoying. <laughs> yeah, you can say annoying, it's fine. Um, okay, let me think of a more diplomatic word. Um, op- no, more... <laughs> that's worse. That's way worse. I'm oh, sorry, okay. Um, unconstructed, right? Unconstructed. <laughs> okay. um, so I've certain phrases. For example, don't worry, no worries, it's all good. I love saying it's all good. Yeah. I know, it's I know good. you do, which is why it's a bad <laughs> phrase. Which is why it's a bad <laughs> phrase. No problem, I don't mind, and a list of others that, you know, have the similar sort of vibe. So yeah, that's, that's how it goes, you know, um, when you've got sixes and nines in your life. That's just... The trials and yeah, tribulations you just have to ban phrases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's all good. Oh <laughs> but the thing is, like, I obviously have lots of worries and problems, and I mind a lot, and I don't think it's all good. So it's just quite interesting when I see these people, these people, <laughs> when I see you <laughs> These <two>. people. <laughs> <laughs> when I see you two just saying it a lot, because I just can't relate. I mean, I do say those phrases as well sometimes, but just not as often. Like, it's just it's just a bit too much sometimes. Like, even though you have a lot of worries and, like, problems, I, as a six, but also as a person, I have a lot of problems too. But wow. I don't want other people to worry. Like, without meaning to sound like a nine, I do want to keep the general peace. Because Ty said, like, if there's conflict, it's kind of okay because it doesn't disturb your own Mm. inner Mm. peace but when there's conflict even like around me that disturbs me immensely yeah Yeah. and the thing is I can totally like understand where that's coming from but like for me when we're like working on something or like working on the podcast I guess or just on a team in a game for example (laughs) and we're gamers (laughs) yeah because we are professional gamers if some (laughs) (laughs) People didn't know yeah. we're pro gamers. Find us on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I said, being accommodating, like, and those kind of phrases can be good. They can keep the peace and stuff, and like, that's good in some sense. But like for me, as a one, I guess I find it quite uncomfortable when I'm not like questioned or when like, like I always want to like improve things or make things like better, and like when people are like, oh, it's fine, it's all good. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, it's not fine. It's not all good. I want people to, like, you know, shake it up, criticise and stuff. But when I don't get that in return, it's just kind of, you know, sad. But it's fine. Which is why I banned it. But, you know, it's all not good. (laughs) I was about to fall into what you did. And also, it's another thing of, like, I know as a person that I do lots of things that are wrong not even like things I'm working on and so when people are like no worries like don't worry it's all good but I know I've done something wrong and they should be annoyed at me but they're not annoyed at me that also makes me worry because like I feel like I need to be criticized and people need to be annoyed at me for me to be better yeah I guess but I I just feel uncomfortable when people are like okay with stuff that's not okay (laughs) (laughs) anyway moving on Moving on. Slightly related to what you were saying previously, Vic, is that, you know, that really classic meme, which is when somebody says, oh, I I say no worries, but really I'm all worries. That just really reminds me of you. Like, that's (laughs) just so you. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. 
Another meme that reminds me of you, Ty, is, you know, the dog with the fire yeah. <laughs> behind them and it's saying, this is fine. That really reminds yeah. me of you. And I think that really kind of sums up the differences between sixes and nines. Or just you two, to be honest. But yeah, which is why, <laughs> which is why like, Ty would just never be never. mistaken for a six. Yeah, because when everything's on fire, I say everything is fine and I mean it. <laughs> yeah, like before, you know, it's more metaphorical. Like the meme just related to her in a metaphorical sense. But recently we've had... An incident. An incident. Um, essentially... Um, I, I was vegan for a month because Ria's on and she was like, hey, why don't you be vegan next month? And I'm a nine. So I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and cool. then, yeah, that's a good thing about nines being accommodating, actually. She's my only friend that has, because I've tried to make a lot of people go vegan, but Ty's the only friend that's, you know, succumbed. Succumbed? <laughs> You're not really selling it there. <laughs> um, she sent me a recipe quite complex for vegan tofu um, um and i try i want to say it was um, very basic yeah i was about to say <laughs> was it complex we'll let the audience decide now put the recipe in the description <laughs> so basically um she told me to make this dish that was meant to take 25 minutes and it took me a couple of hours but that's nothing to do with vegan. more than a couple that's of just... hours I think it was five hours. Really? <laughs> okay. Because you went really out Really going shops. into the details. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop now. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But it's <laughs> Sorry, not. I said, I said the bad phrase three times. This is a bad phrase. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The fact that it took a long time is just me being me. That's not me being a nine. But um, basically, it was a bit of a mess, the kitchen. A part of it is that you dip the tofu, you cover it in corn flour, right? And I took a picture and I sent it to Ria and she said I had too much corn flour on the thing. Um, so I wiped some off with like toilet paper and then I cooked it in the oven, like oven cooked and then pan cooked. That's pretty complex, guys. But anyway, um, I cooked, cooked in the oven and I put it in the pan. And while I was pan cooking it, um, we were due to have a call with a couple of other friends at like... 9.30 and um, basically um, there was a bit of smoke and I <sighs> was like <laughs> I was like oh god you know but I, I what's wasn't. happening now <laughs> but I was just like okay whatever and then um, I carried on messaging them and then um, I remember realizing that the uh, toilet paper I had accidentally put it on the stove and it's an electric stove, so you know, easy mistake, guys. Um, I had accidentally put it on the stove and it was on fire. And genuinely, as soon as I saw that, I like instinctively messaged um, the the group chat that we were chatting on with, with "Don't worry." And I and it wasn't that I was saying that. Like I genuinely, my moment was like, "Oh, the toilet paper roll is on fire. That's the source of the smoke. It's all good. Don't worry. The situation is resolving oh. itself already." Like, that was my, my reaction. We've already identified the cause. <laughs> Upon finding the fact that I set a toilet roll on fire, I was like, yeah, guys, don't worry. Like, that was just genuinely very instinctive that I typed that. And I was mm. like, wow. Shocking behaviour. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> not, not exactly how a six would react in that situation, I don't think. No. Well, in terms of stove and fire and sixes worrying, um, <laughs> this is quite embarrassing, but anyway... If the audience can decide. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my family, we have dinner together every night. Usually my mum cooks, and when me, my brother, and my dad are sitting down, uh, my mum's usually like still cooking something while we're already eating, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but sometimes uh, my mum's just like leaves something in the wok on the stove and she like goes and like does something else um and in that short period of time in which <laughs> in which something is just left on the stove just cooking and my mum's gone away I will be so anxious about that thing catching on fire that I will get up out of my seat and just stand there wow. in front of the thing and <laughs> I know my dad listens to the podcast <laughs> so <laughs> hi dad <laughs> I'm talking about this but my dad is a six mm. and my dad always says like, oh yeah, well, you know, she shouldn't leave things unattended. 
So he's he's on my side about this as a yeah. six. And the thing is, is that it will, everything will be fine. It's just the sound of mm-hmm. something being left on the stove really makes me super stressed. And I don't do anything. I don't touch anything. I just stare at it just to make sure that it's not caught in fire. Wow. I do that all the time. And that's, that's literally funny. the opposite of your yeah. thing. When something was actually catching on fire <laughs> and you were like, oh, no worries. I actually yeah. just realised I have another a fire oh, anecdote that can distinguish between sixes and nines. Me and my friend, he was a six. Um, when we were in school, we went on a trip to Germany. And basically what happened on the school trip was that we were, we were, we were like, like very close. And on the school trip, we were like very joined at the hip vibes. And so we um, went to a gift shop and we were like, I don't know, 14, 15. And my friend um, bought a lighter and we basically, while we were walking around um, Germany, um, she would um, like, Sort of just like <laughs> set stuff on fire. Like she, I don't know, she like that, just, the, just setting stuff on fire, walking around Germany, casually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> casually. So, like, I remember, like, she would basically had like, we were standing in the backish of the group. So, she would get branches off the bushes and like set it on fire. And then we would, were walking around. In a safe stuff. manner. In a safe manner. Um, and yeah, and so this was happening. And then I remember even once at like um, dinner, I blew out a candle and then I dared her to relight it. We were sitting next to the teachers, but they didn't really comment. So it was all good. Um, and eventually we got back to our room. And again, um, she didn't actually, as much as I wanted to set um, things on fire, she was like, she told me that I wasn't allowed to because I'm too irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> Five years on, and I'm still outraged by that statement. <laughs> yeah, so she is actively, you know, engaging in the fearful thing. But she draws yeah. a line, whereas <laughs> you do not. And so we were um, burning stuff. Well, I was watching, <laughs> but we were burning stuff on, on the windowsill. And there was, like, a cup, and there was, um, I, like, stuff coming out of it, and that was on fire. And I remember seeing a couple... Um, and they, well, not a couple, a man and a woman. <laughs> As a nine, I have a deep-seated faith that everybody is happy and everything is going to work out. So when I saw those two people, I was like, oh my God, it's a couple admiring the fire. <laughs> Isn't this such a, like, a beautiful day for everybody oh involved? Like that's genuinely what I was oh my thinking. God. Like, oh my God. And then my friend saw that as a six and she was like, oh shit. And she immediately like put out the fire through the lighter out the window <laughs> and like ducked. <laughs> and I was so confused. I was genuinely so confused what was going on. Like I was like, oh my God, there's this couple with Mark. I, I genuinely didn't even like occurred to me that like it was like we were going to become be in trouble until um the man came into our room and said oh you're gonna be kicked out your your entire group is gonna be kicked out oh god and then and then and that was really whoa and then my friend went after him and apologized and then the teacher came into our room and said that he was livid Livid. i left But yeah, uh, don't worry. We didn't all get kicked out. We didn't have to go home. And we didn't really get in much trouble apart from our parents got called. Which, I mean, I frame that as we didn't get in very much trouble. I would frame that as if that were me. Quite a lot of trouble. I would have had a full-on breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, crying is the minimum that I would have been doing at that point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I think, you know, that tells us quite an important difference about the nine and six outlook on life. Like, nines are generally, well, their positive outlook, um, along with seven Mm. and two. So, you know, it didn't even occur to you that, like, they might be looking at your room, but um, because they were scared or angry or whatever, you literally thought they were admiring it, which is quite an interesting twist. (laughs) Whereas your friend clearly, you know, was more realistic um, and as a six is generally good at, they saw what could go wrong and what did yeah. go wrong. I think in general, nines have a deep-seated faith that everything will work out. That's a quote from Eclectic and I, it really resonates with me. Yeah. And I guess I've seen a lot of times, and I also was under this impression that like nines are kind of the stereotypical optimistic type 
all along with sevens and twos. And six are one of the stereotypical pessimistic types. But I guess when I was talking to you, Vic, and also other sixes that I know, I guess that's probably not the most accurate way to talk about it. How would you kind of talk about your outlook on life? If you wouldn't describe it as pessimistic, how would you describe it? I definitely wouldn't call myself a pessimist. I don't know whether I've mentioned this on the pod before or whether I was just talking to you guys, but I do think that every decision that I've made in my life, I don't regret any of it, right? And Mm. I think that does lead me to kind of believe that no matter what happens, like even if I end up making like a decision that might seem like a bad decision, like I think it will end up at minimum... I'll be able to deal with it, right? Mm. So that's Mm. not... That kind of leads me to not be a pessimist because I don't feel like... Even if I've made bad decisions in my life, nothing's been... Nothing's drastically wrong. And Mm. it's from that experience that I've already had that leads me to not be a pessimist. Yeah. Mm. Um, But I wouldn't say that I'm particularly optimistic. I like to definitely keep expectations low my expectations are for most things are on the floor (laughs) like or underground even like because that way you avoid the worst feeling in the world which is disappointment (laughs) yeah I think as a nine um I would describe myself as optimistic like I think nines will often have low expectations but it's just that with a nine it's almost like all outcomes you know they're just all okay you know? Yeah. It's just all good. I was just going to say that, like, I wouldn't describe myself as pessimistic if that's the general consensus of a six. I wouldn't say that I agree with that for me. I mean, I think, I think a big, um, difference between sixes and nines is just that, like, like, sixes are warriors, so they, even if they're not, like, pessimistic, they are, like, always aware of everything that could go wrong. Would you say that's accurate? So it's, like, there's just more yeah, of a definitely. worrying, a worrying element. Like there's yeah. all of the all of the possible yeah. dangers are, are out there where nines just aren't really aren't worried. Not not a worried person. <laughs> wow, can't relate. And I think that's quite interesting because it can lead them to look quite similar in certain ways, but for different reasons. Um, mm. Like I think you were talking about this at one point. A lot of sixes that you know, Ty they kind of resemble nines in some way by being by looking like unambitious but this kind of comes from a six worrying and their pragmatism well what i was talking about is that two of my friends who are sixes when i asked them about um what they wanted to do as careers they they both had this kind of um it came across as a lack of ambition so one of them i asked her and she said she wanted to be an auditor and then I immediately had like quite a few questions about like you know what's an auditor what do you do especially because this friend did a chemistry degree so it's yeah yeah exactly this friend did a chemistry degree so it's not it's not like an expected field I don't think it's an uncommon field to be fair yeah I I think most yeah it's just but it's not the obvious path so I asked her her reasoning was literally just that um well she liked maths and auditing is a good job and she didn't even seem to have like you know, she didn't even seem to know that much about auditing. Like, she knew... I found out more about auditing when my dad asked me about what she wanted to do. And then I told him. And then he explained... Like, he talked to me about what auditing was. Like, she knew less about auditing than he did. And he's not... He doesn't know any auditors, right? Like, so it's just... It, it's just, like, this general... Like, even, like I like maths. And, like, this is a good job. And this will provide me security. So, yeah, I think that can look a bit quite similar to nines having inertia, which, um, because they take the path of least resistance and don't really, like, go after their wants and needs. It's not that that she wasn't going after her wants and needs, it's just that her wants and needs were more oriented around security um, than um, pursuing something in specific. Yeah, and so sometimes kind of Six's actions may look like a lack of ambition, but in reality it's it's not coming from a place of, like, the nine's inertia, um, but instead from their own place of seeking security, like you said. And I think sometimes the opposite can be true of nines, where they mistype as other types because they don't come across as unambitious or undisciplined. Like, a lot of nines can actually be... Quite disciplined, yeah. Yeah, quite disciplined. For example, my 
sister, she, on paper, kind of, she would work hard in school and that kind of thing in a way that I didn't see a lot of other nines around me doing. And also my... Is that a dick? (laughs) In a way that I didn't see Ty doing. Maybe I should say that. Maybe. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. And also another friend that I have, she's a nine and she's currently like an investment banker. And she is very hardworking. She works like very long hours. She'd definitely be described as like disciplined. But she still is at the core of nine because the paths that these two people have taken is still the path of least resistance for them. So my friend, she's an investment banker, but I don't think that's necessarily what she even wanted to do for herself. It's just something that's like what her parents kind of wanted. It's seen as successful and like following her own desires would require more action than actually following this path, even though on the surface it can look like ambition, whatever, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. And an interesting um, line from um, the Enneagram Institute, which kind of relates to what we were just talking about, is how um, it's talking about the relationship between sixes and nines. And it says, both types love the familiar and dislike change. Because I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know if I would say I love the familiar and dislike change. Hmm. Do I love the familiar and dislike change? Do you, Vic, love the familiar and dislike change? Um, well, I love the familiar. <laughs> That's, that, that is clear. I really like, oh God, if nothing would ever change in my life, to be honest, I don't even know if that would be, if I would be upset. Once I get used to something... Oh, I I never want it to change. Mm. But in terms of change, so like not wanting things to change is different from my reaction to change, right? Yeah. So if I need to learn something new, as much as I hate to admit it, I do have an initial reaction to fight back and get quite um, defensive. Right. But... I can get over that quite quickly, but that is my initial reaction. But I do love the familiar. I see. I, I remember when initially type is a nine um, in sixth form and I was reading the eclectic energies description, I remember seeing the line that change can provoke unpleasant feelings and disrupt the nine's desire for, for comfort. Um, less healthy nines seem incapable of motiv- motivating themselves to move into action and bring about effective change. When change does come, however, as it generally will, nines find that they are usually well able to adapt. adapt. They tend to be more resilient and they give themselves credit for. I remember at the time I did um, kind of relate to that, like wanting change, but then when it comes, um, being more generally adapting quite quickly. But I don't know if I would still say that's true of me. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've become more aware of the fact that change happens and I'm normally good that it's not really something that causes that much discomfort in me anymore I think personally I don't know Mm. yeah I mean I think there is like a common view of like nines and sixes both being like kind of the most traditional thinking about you guys like especially you Ty like you're not a very yeah (laughs) you're quite an interesting person that's what I'll say. Naranjo, <laughs> for example, um, describes Enneagram 9 as the most pure expression of tradition directedness. Mm. Which, to me, is just, I don't know, when I think of you, that doesn't really match up. But I think that really perhaps is more of, like, just a way of talking about inertia. Mm. And that's just, yeah. in some ways, it can manifest in tradition directedness. Like I said, like with my friend, she's taking quite a traditional path. Because for her, that's a manifestation of her inertia, but that's not, I don't think that's always the case. Yeah, I, I would say also for sixes, I wouldn't see, like, I think sixes can have a, um, like, an, a dislike for, well, some sixes have, like, quite a dislike for, like, authority and establishment and that sort of thing. So I, 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 think, I can see some sixes being very traditional, like the person I describe in terms of the audit. I would say was a very tradition-bound person. But I don't know. I don't think it's, like, necessarily a characteristic of six either. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's just 
in both cases, like tradition for sixes can provide security, and for nines can provide. It's just like adapting into the mold of your environment, so then you therefore become tradition based. So sixes, there's an arrow from a six to a nine, and it's like the growth. Um, it's supposedly the direction of growth. Mm. And um, between, but it's the opposite for nines, and they are supposed to disintegrate into a six. Yeah. Um, I personally find my arrows, so the six arrows, mm. um, I really agree with the six growing into a nine. I think that when I become more, well, it's not necessarily more healthy, but like I would love to take on some of the genuine relaxation yeah um a nine that Mm. would be really good for me yeah um and it makes sense from my perspective to grow into a nine but um that might not necessarily be the case the other way around yeah I mean I find like personally obviously I mentioned this in my episode that I don't really relate to the nine um disintegrating to sixes uh, to a six like I don't really I don't think I've had much experience of going back down that line and I don't know in general I have doubts about the growth and disintegration theory I know that Ross Hudson is gonna do a new tweet series on it so maybe that might clarify at least what the theory behind it is so then I can decide whether I agree with it or not but yeah, I think because like older authors I don't know if we mentioned this but Naranjo for example um, chestnut they focus less on growth and disintegration and more just that people have a line to both and it can be either positive or negative it's just a connection mm. to both things there there isn't one that's growth and one that's disintegration yeah and i think well, russo hudson i think they're possibly the first people to actually introduce growth and disintegration but i may be wrong I'm not sure yeah um but even with that like naranjo chestnut thing i feel like it just sort of opens the path to um, a confirmation bias because it's like if you can if you can get the positive type, positive and negative aspects of the type, then essentially what you're saying is that sometimes you relate to a type that's different from yours, and that's probably true of like all the types because we all have exactly. certain we all have like the problems of all the types within us. So it's like like if you mm. it's just just the fact that we we've been told we have these lines to these types, then we think oh when I'm feeling this, this is my three line expressing, but it's just the fact that you're a human, you have multiple aspects to you. So I don't know how I feel exactly about that um, depiction either, personally. I don't know. And especially six, like, I'm sure there are some nines listening who think, oh yeah, I completely agree with the disintegration. Or like, I'm, Mm -hmm. personally, I'm very, like, low on big five, I'm very low on neuroticism. So that obviously will exacerbate some nine tendencies. Um, but I am sure there are some lines who do get, do have higher neuroticism than me, and they do go down the sixth line. But then, like, it's it's sort of like, I mean, you become more anxious when you're stressed out. Like, is that really a type thing? You know, like, isn't that just yeah. a human thing? Like, having relating to your your line to six doesn't really mean anything to me in that in that sense either. So yeah, I have doubts, but whatever. Mm. It's all good. It's all good. Am I right? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> So I think it's fair to say that sixes and nines get along quite well. Yeah, I get along well with sixes. I can't think I brought this up in my episode. I I get along quite well with sixes. I think you 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 specifically said that um, sixes find you funny. Yeah, (laughs) is um, what you said, Ty. True. And two of my closest friends are nines, so that's a good sign. Nice for this Mm. to be true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think with nines in general, they kind of tend to put people at ease because they're very, you know, like tolerant and um, non-judgmental and stuff. And that can be especially good for sixes who have, exactly, yeah. you know, the anxiety and the fear of... The fear. The fear. <laughs> the fear. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. But specifically the fear of loss of support and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think nines are very good at supporting sixes. And mm. sixes are also, like, very good at supporting nines, like, in a similar mm. way as well. Um, yeah, so, um, personally, um, I have a friend 
He's a six. Do you? And wow. Yeah. You have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who's a six. He's not Vic. Even more surprising. And <laughs> yeah. And he referred to me as um, a shepherd and he was the sheep. Wow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He's really <laughs> looking funny. for support from his shepherd. Yeah. He's me. I think in... I think in a lot of other type relationships, um, yeah. for example, perhaps like a three and a six or like an eight and a six or an eight and a nine or an eight and a two. Am I, I'm just listing loads of types now. <laughs> but I think in a lot of other relationships, there's usually a very clear pattern when there's a relationship between two types of which type will be kind of the more dominant, take charge type. Yeah. But I think for sixes and nines, it can definitely be it probably is the most varied. Like, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be, in my experience, like, a clear pattern. Like, you did say your sixth friend here um, kind of calls you the shepherd. So, clearly, in that relationship, you're kind of, like, the leader and he's your little... Sacrificial lamb. Oh, my God. Exactly. Wow. The sacrificial... You're a shepherd. The metaphor that keeps on giving. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, but, yeah, in other relationships, the six can be the most dominant. I think, Vic, you... Yeah, so... Like, I have, well, my other nine friend, who, if you hear me reference, is always the same person every time. <laughs> she often looks towards me to kind of make decisions. And, like, like we've thought about the fact that we have almost all of our interests we have in common. Yeah. Almost all of them. But when we've really drilled down into the narrative, um, <laughs> it's almost always been... Um, me influencing her. Interesting. Wow. Which is really interesting because You're very I'm easily very easily influenced. influenced. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a really funny moment where we were. She was supposed to be uh, deciding where to go. Mm. Like we were just walking around. I asked. I was confused about where we were going, and I said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And she said. I thought if I just walked a little bit behind you, you would lead and I would just follow you. <laughs> and that was really funny. Uh, and then I didn't, obviously did not let that happen. So, wow. yeah, that yeah. was, that's pretty funny. But yeah, I agree. It is, it is pretty varied, but I suppose it's more like when I'm with people that are more extroverted than me, Yeah, I become a lot more introverted. Whereas mm. when I'm with people that are more introverted than me, I generally tend mm. to become more extroverted and, like, take the lead, I guess. So Yeah, that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Adaptable. I mean, I relate to your nine friend, because I don't like <laughs> making decisions. Um, and I just remember, I don't know, this is just minor, but at, on my birthday, my cousins came over, and they were like, oh, it's your birthday, what do you want to watch? I was like, I don't, if you want to give me a happy birthday, you're not going to make me decide what to watch, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then they were like, oh my God, you're just like our mum. And their mum is also a nine. So I think that's just like a very wow. hate decisions. Yeah. Just don't fair, fair. ask me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that your nine friend looks to you um, for decisions, Vic, because you yourself are, you have difficulty making decisions. So it's quite interesting. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, that's I just mean, the way. Do I have difficulty with decisions or do I have difficulty with like opinions? Mm. I mean, decisions yeah. are like, essentially opinions that you want to put into action, right? Yeah, that's true. Or you're... you're uh, yeah. I think you can make decisions without having, like, opinions. I don't think so, because a decision is your opinion of the way you want something to go. Like, right? it's your opinion of the you're most ma You're making a choice, action. and right. you have an Yeah, opinion. I'm making a choice, but it's not necessarily, like... I feel like in terms of opinions, like, if it's, like... I don't know, a decision is, like, doing a thing. Like, if I'll decide to... Yeah, but you'll decide to do something over something else. And what has influenced that is your opinion of what you think is better. I don't know. Like, if I decide to eat, like, pasta instead of, like, rice, mm. that would be fine. I would be fine with making a decision. But if I were to say, like, pasta is better than rice, that would kind of stress me out because that's, like, putting one thing over another. But Whereas, that's like, one a type decision... Of, yeah, but that's one type of opinion. I think okay, so what's an example of, of something what's what what about like something else um I was just gonna say I think I agree with Ria in the fact that to make a decision you essentially do have to have an opinion about the best course of action but I do get what you're saying a bit because even when Ria said that like I do think 
with you, like the area in which you express the most difficulty um, in terms of having opinions is is more to do with um, when you're trying to make a statement about like yeah about the universe like about uh, like 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 basically when you're trying to say what you think is true rather than what you think you sh- you should do like i don't know yes, like, I, yes, like yeah yeah i agree and so i, also, I agree with that and so i think i think that kind of reflects the fact the way that sixes struggle with opinions it's it's more to do with the fact that they um are the doubters so as soon as they see um uh like a viewpoint they can immediately think of another viewpoint and they play devil's advocate and they can see all the yeah. possibilities but essentially um i suppose when it comes to taking action, you don't even really need to say what you think is objectively true. You just have to take an Do action. Something. Yes, um, yes, yeah, and, I agree. But it's and so even in the action that you take, yeah. But I suppose you can take an action. Like it's kind of similar to what she said earlier, in which she said, um, "Even if I take an action that's bad, I kind of think it will work it's out." Fine. So it's like even when she takes mm. the decision, like she could have these underlying doubts as a sex, but like because. Um, she knows she has to take an action. She just takes it, um, and right. that, and like, and like, like it's, it's not. I don't think. I don't think it necessarily needs to reflect certainty about her opinion, even if yeah. the decision is concrete. Does that make sense? I agree. Um, like, I agree that decisions reflect opinions, but I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying she doesn't need to land on an opinion to make a decision. So even if yeah. she has a problem landing on, on an opinion, eventually she's just like, okay, I'm going to make the decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I think that difference in landing on like that difference in the manifestation of indecision kind of relates on to what i was saying earlier about sixes being attachment types and the thinking tried and nines being attachment types in the the gut tried which is to do with desires because um with me when i don't want to make a decision it's just that i don't want to be the person who influences the outcome like i just don't want to be like, I don't right. want to put my desires... Like, when when people ask me what TV show I want to watch, it's like, I don't want to be the one who's... Decide- like, I don't want everybody to have to watch my TV show. I just want to watch yeah. somebody else's TV show. Like, I don't want to be putting my desires above others. Um, right. Whereas with a six, like, the indecision is more to do with, um, like, what they think is true, I guess. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think the initial point was basically doubting whether she was... Um, indecisive and I think you know I think we've kind of covered that there are some areas in which she's decisive in because she doesn't need to have an opinion but then when opinions come into greater play she can be indecisive right yes yeah that makes sense Uh, I suppose um even though um Vic you can make decisions there is still like an element of um influence that you you're easily influenced and one thing that strikes Mm -hmm. me is that I am your friend, he's a nine, and yeah. I have inadvertently, completely accidentally... Oh, God. <laughs> mm. um, you know, influenced you. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, and so I have influenced you ac- accidentally a couple of times. Um, and generally, like, I'm not used to people like listening to me like I remember when I found out I was like oh god I don't want people to listen to me why would I ever say anything but anyway (laughs) anyway um essentially when we were in school um Vic said to me oh this teacher kind of gives me like primary school um vibes you know no I think you said that fringes were seems quite childish oh okay I think I'm maybe I said fringes seem kind of childish um yeah 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 and and Vic had the exact same fringe as this teacher had but like to for context this was when I was like in year 12 so maybe like um 17-ish maybe and Vic is like four years younger than me so for for me to me saying to somebody four years younger than me like you know like saying that I was childish didn't I didn't really mean it as a reflection on on her I think I said that afterwards as well but yeah Vic then grew out her fringe immediately (laughs) immediately it's not that I I did not at all because like I had known you for a while at that point for a couple of years, yeah. And there's no there's no way that I thought at all that it was a dig at me, and I know that it wasn't right. Like it, that's just it just wouldn't have been. But She's in my head, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like in my head, it was like people think fringes are childish. I have a fringe. 
I need to get rid of this now. And that yeah. was, and then from that second, I literally <laughs> was like, yeah, it's going. Wow. Wow. You truly yep. are a shepherd, Chai. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just shepherding exactly. all the sixes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like the Pied Piper. <laughs> Famous mm. shepherd, wow. of course. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I listen to you. I listen to... Yeah. I listen to everyone, if I can understand them. <laughs> yeah. I guess a consequence of both sixes being um, easily influenced and sheep-like and nines being um, malleable to the wants and needs of those around them um, is that they both can have kind of like a sidekick vibe. Yeah, and I think this is something that we see quite often in like TV shows or movies or even like books, just any fiction, is that like the sidekick to the main character is very often a six or a nine. Like a good example of that would be John Watson in Sherlock. Sherlock. He's like very much Sherlock's sidekick and he's either a six or a nine. I'm not sure which one, but it's definitely one of those two types. A classic example is um, Ron Weasley is a six and he's the sidekick to Harry Potter. Um, as mm. a nine and that's a great yeah. six and nine friendship um pretty pretty wholesome yeah we love them um and i suppose as well as that we have um in parks and rec we have Anne as a nine and she's the sidekick to leslie and she pretty much just goes along with leslie and gets steamrolled by her no one really knows who <sighs> Anne is until the outburst <laughs> yeah until the outburst mm. yeah yeah and i think um that kind of makes sense with like all of these um sidekick characters i think part of it is to do with the fact that six and nines are quite like friendly sort of um people and like loyal so i guess that mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would naturally fill the sidekick role yeah mm. especially like online when you look about online when you look hold on online if you see like ron weasley or usually always described as like the loyal the loyal guy mm. um described as a six and like as a gryffindor and stuff like that anyway thank you guys for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode um be sure to follow us on social media instagram twitter review us on apple podcasts and send feedback to anyagang at gmail.com and we have a new discord server so if you're interested in joining that the link is in the description bye bye